I thought that she was saying that because you can see that she's got like really sweaty underarms. Mm. You guys didn't see Brad's pits? Welcome, everybody, to S1E1, the show where each week we pick a different sitcom, watch just the first televised episode, and ignoring anything we might know about the future run of that show, rate it and decide if that's a show we want to greenlight or cancel. This week we're going to be talking about Hey Dude. Hey, hey Dude went... What? <laughs> <laughs> he was responding to your call of Hey Dude with a response of Hey Jay. <laughs> I love the answer. Oh, that what? worked so fucking well. It's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. You've infuriated Jay. Apologize. <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> Hey, dude, went 65 episodes over five seasons on Nickelodeon. Today, we're going to be talking about episode one, day one at the Bar None, originally airing July 14th, 1989. So to get things started, I'm Jay Gags. With me, as always, the boys... Gordo, Ferg, Joe, and Nick. What's going on, guys? Everyone get it out. Get it out. Hey, dude. Hey, dude. Better watch out for that man-eating jackrabbit and that killer cacti. And we'll, uh, we'll, we'll definitely touch on the intro when we actually get to it as well. Um, this is the very first time we're doing any Nickelodeon show. Well, successfully really? doing a Nickelodeon show. Time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the last episode of Pete and Pete. Which one day we might revisit, maybe. Pay me money and you can No, see I think it. we should leave that one in a box <laughs> and burn it. I'm just more <laughs> mad about the painstaking time of watching it and taking notes for it to fall apart. That yeah. was probably my best notes I've ever taken for an episode. <laughs> I were these taking was, notes after that. Was Pete and Pete <laughs> and Hey Dude around the same era? I imagine yeah. they were. Right? Yeah, yeah, all those shows. Yeah. I think Pete and Pete's a little later. Yeah. I didn't realize Hey Dude started in 1989. Yeah, it's an 80s show. So I thought it was early 90s. But it's it, barely an 80s show, and it yeah. debuted like one, not even a full month before like Saved by the Bell first debuted. I wonder if later on Casey Kasem shows up at the bar none. Yeah. <laughs> He's delivering a telegram. Yeah. <laughs> hey, everybody, let's do the snake bite. This, I don't know. This weird pedophile magician got sent here from parole. Stop making it weird. <laughs> Just stop making every episode weird. <laughs> So I'm sorry, that was Max's gimmick. I've never no. heard you defend a character on a show more than you defend this magician. It's just know, so it bizarre like to me. It's like every, you guys are so hard on him. <laughs> <laughs> Stop. And to go back, if you want to listen to our episode uh, on Saved by the Bell, be sure to go back. Uh, S1E1Pod.com. That's where you can find the links to everywhere. Uh, you can listen to us, all our social medias, S1E1Pod on Instagram and Twitter and everything else. So, Give us some likes and follows and subscriptions and everything you can do on various sites. Uh, go check those out. Um, yeah, but again, Nickelodeon, I think I've been saying for a long time, I've wanted us to do something to touch on that because we grew up on these shows, um, but we hadn't gotten around to doing any of them you know, on our show yet. We've done plenty of Nick at Night, but nothing Nickelodeon original. And there were, there's a few other Nickelodeon shows, too, that I think eventually we'll tackle. Clarissa. Um, Welcome Freshman. Welcome Freshman, for sure. Salute Walter. Yeah, there's a lot. Um, and, and then I wonder when we rate shows like this, do we go by how we think it is as a kid's show? Because this, these shows aren't made for 
35, 36 year old men. We kind of have to, or they'll all get canceled. Well, I mean, that, there, there's a few variables in how you should do it. Should you do it as a kids' show? And also, should you do it as being from the late 80s? You know what I mean? Like, you can't give it too much crap about, you know, uh, the way it looks and stuff like that, because that it was just a product of the time. It's tough to put it into perspective as far as like a green light or cancel goes sometimes just because there are so many things that are out of the show's control now because it's so old. I really try to most episodes and I don't want to say I'm completely consistent if we're being completely honest. I do try to think in the scope of what that show was for the time for the most part because you can't assume everything's made for you at this time modern age. We always joke 90s and stuff like that in certain episodes because humor changes you know it's just really hard to look at everything in the scope of would this be a great show in 2022? I it, guess it, a good way to put it would be like um, we would have to watch it from the perspective of like a board member for the network, right? Like, would this meet its metrics? Call. Like, I would that's this? That's what we were doing. Well, yeah, right. But I mean, like, we don't do that all the time. You know what I mean? Like, there are plenty of shows that probably. You know, MASH, I think we canceled that overall, but like metrically speaking, it was a pretty heavy hitter and that's why it stayed on the air. But Right, but uh, even then, I guess when you look at it in that perspective, the networks get things like that wrong too. There are plenty oh, of shows sure, yeah. that, you know, True. they check all the boxes and, and we're rating a lot of things too, like something like MASH and not to get too away from talking about Hey Dude, which we'll do in a moment, but like MASH was a show that, you know, it's... We, we deal primarily sitcoms, comedies, and MASH's thing is it's like gimmicked as a sitcom, but it really teetered a line of being dramatic as well, and then the humor didn't always fit with the the situations because it was like heavy. Two, uh, me and Gordo both passed it, but uh, we'll, uh, we should move on. And not If you want to listen to MASH again, go back and listen to our MASH episode. That's just uh, it, for right now, it'll be our last episode before this one. So uh, go check that out. My two cents for this one was, would I show this to a kid and what would a kid think about it? You know what I mean? Like, that's a different way I looked at this show where you're like, okay, there's some nostalgia because I loved this show as a kid, but it's not something is in your brain, like Saved by the Bell. So you can sort of disassociate yourself a little bit. Be like, if I showed this to my 11-year-old nephew, I loved it when I was 11, would he? Right? Like, that's a interesting way to put it because then you're sort of taking yourself out of it and trying to get the nostalgia goggles off a little. Yeah, but even then, like... You're thinking of what was fun. We talked about this before. What's funny 25 years ago versus what's funny now, you know, changes with kids. That'd be like what our parents liked as a kid versus what we liked as kids. You know, things change. Like yeah. one of the first lines at the beginning of the show when they introduced the new family is talking about a video store. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. If yeah. I showed my nephew that, he'd be like, Uncle Mike, what the hell's a video store? Yeah. You Uncle know, Mike, take that stupid hat off. <laughs> no. Ferg, you should take your stupid hat off. I wish I could, but it's stuck there forever now, I think. <laughs> yeah, for those, uh, like Joe Dirt's wig. <laughs> for those uh, just listening, Gordo and Ferg, in honor of Hey Dude, are both wearing cowboy hats right now. Um, Ferg's is made for his head when he was 18 years old, though. <laughs> and um, if you check out our videos, which will eventually be on uh, our Instagram, S1E1Pod, you'll, you'll get to see that. But let's just dive right into this episode here. So the show starts with um, Ted. He's like the main character. He's riding in the back of like this old green pickup truck and he's driving through like a kind of desert like area, but it's the ranch as we come to find out. And when he arrives, um, he hops out of the back of the truck and he thanks this old guy for driving him in, uh, Mr. Wilson, I believe. Right off the bat, I was like, that's a little weird, right? 
Like, why didn't his parents drop him off? He's <laughs> like, I just dropped off my friend Max, so I might as well pick you up and drop <laughs> you off too. I was trying to not go there. I'm glad you did. <laughs> I wasn't like, going to until Jay made the. That's kind of weird because I don't think of it that way. I thought of it more as like a uh, stand by me, like thanks for the ride, Mister. It just seemed weird that you just hop in the back of a old man's pickup truck. I mean, I guess obviously they know each other, but yeah, I guess because well, you get the. Magician. How far of a ride was it though? He's sitting on the the bed of the pickup truck. Well, they say it's a tourist ranch eventually, right? So I imagine it's not too far off the beaten path from the city and civilization. It's probably like 20 minutes outside of town or something. Yeah, I think he's he's a local. Also, too, it wasn't a desert-like environment. It was the desert. They're driving through a desert. Great. Thank you for announcing that with such enthusiasm. (laughs) (laughs) Gordo, that that, that, uh, comment was as dry as the desert. So thank you for putting all the effort in. Dry eyes? Wow. <laughs> Probably from Red the desert. <laughs> and then how old would you guys say Ted is, roughly? 13, 14. I was thinking a little older than that. Me too. But like I was maybe... thinking like 15, 16. Yeah, I would, I would think in high school age, yeah. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. You couldn't I don't work. think any of them are 16 because as far as I remember, none of them drive at any point on the I show. I don't think any of them ever leave the property, though. And they the have show. horses to ride. But yeah, so, all right, so either way, young teens, um, and uh, so he runs up to a building at this dude ranch and says, uh, it's like a kind of a bulletin board, it says, bar none news, and he takes this envelope off the board, and this is when he finds out that um, he's going to be senior staff. I don't know what what the letter actually was, just like a roster list and what your job title was, but that's how he found out he was senior staff. They give you a little bit too of exposition here too, because when he gets out of the car, the guy's like, "Have a great summer. Don't work too hard." So right away they're putting it like, "Okay, this guy's gonna be here all summer long," and it's clearly a job, not a vacation. Yeah, it's kind of like kind of like summer camp. I wasn't really sure exactly like where it toyed that line. Like it's a he's also way too excited to show up to work. Well, well he, I mean, he's a kid. He's a kid, and he's going away for the summer. I mean, you, you don't yeah. know. That's not work like we go to, too. He's basically going to, like, a dude ranch. Yeah, he's going to, like, ride horses and stuff, which is something he's, like, passionate about. It's not like when you wake up at 2 in the morning and go to the airport. I mean, I assume (laughs) that's not exciting. That's not your passion, Jay? (laughs) It was not where I thought my life would be. (laughs) He's just standing there uh, as he's looking at this paper, and a limo pulls up, and out from the back of it, a girl who's about the same age as him exits. We come to find out her name's Brad. Ted runs up to her and offers to help her out with, like, her bags, but she's good, and he's just kind of walking along with her. Um, But I was actually, at that moment, the vibe she gave, I thought, coming out of the limo with, like, the fancier clothes, I thought she would have taken the offer. I thought her character would have been a little different right off the bat, like, a little more snobby. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, she shows up in a limo. <laughs> well, yeah, that's why <laughs> no I thought... Desert. It's weird. Like... Yeah, I thought the offer for the, for the bags would be more like she felt entitled, but I guess we learn a little about... A little bit about her right there, just in the uh no, I got it. How rich, how rich could she be if she needs if she's working a job? Like, well, it's not like I mean, I mean, it's a summer getaway job, and it's something you know. We find out more about her character as it develops, but I mean, if it's something you're passionate about or things like that, I mean, doesn't mean that because her parents are rich, she has like generational wealth and never needs to work again. This whole scene, by the way, too, is pretty much uh, lifted completely from the first police academy movie ted is steve gutenberg and brad is uh kim cattrall where it's like she's rich she comes out of the limo he's the goofy guy who's been there longer than her 
ends up getting it. Like it's a weird parallel. I know we bring up Place Academy movies a lot. For no, you you Academy movies a lot. Place Academy movies are in my brain, like does, burned in for some does reason. That mean Around Mr. the same Ernst's time as Commandant Lasad. Punky. <laughs> Uh, quick side note, too. I was really surprised to find out that this show was actually filmed in Arizona. Yeah. There's plenty of places in Southern California that look exactly like this, but they actually went to Arizona for some reason. So if you look in some of the scenery, like later on in the episode, it looks like they're in front of a green screen. No. They're not. See, I didn't get that at any point. Now. Oh, no, I yeah. got that. Is it, like at the end of the episode, we'll, we'll get to it, like, but when they're trying to get the horse, but it looks like they're in like a painted. Also, like it's, the, it's the late 80s. It would be a blue screen. Yeah, there was never a point where I really got that vibe. It, everything looked pretty authentic. It's, actually, in this scene here, when the two of them are talking, it's extremely windy. So, um, like, their hair is flying around. I, I was kind of surprised that they even got decent audio out of that. If you uh, look it's funny you to... bring up decent audio because this times where I think the audio is terrible in this episode. Did you guys get that? Like, when they're in the bunks later? I couldn't. I could really hear Danny. Really, I didn't really have any problems with that either. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't notice it. But one thing you're going to say about the sets, Gordo, if you, I mean, at least in 2014, but I watched a video of people exploring. The entire sets are still there. Yeah, it's but it's oh, like sad okay. because they're unkept. Yeah. yeah, it's dilapidated. It's kind of like uh, Spawn's movie ranch or like Jonestown or whatever, where like they just let the elements sort of take it over, but there's still pieces of it up. It's interesting. I'd love to see it, though. I mean, if I was ever in that rough area of Arizona, I would for sure check it out. But I, I've seen pictures, and it's, it's these sets 30-plus years later just abandoned. So it's not – I think it would upset you more than it would excite you if you checked it out. I think we need to do a road trip. To Arizona? It's such a Arizona. long drive. I do ranch is still a thing. I never, like, hear about them anymore. I think so, yeah. I think if you go to, like, Tombstone and stuff, they still do, like, the street shows where it's like, move it, partner. <laughs> and then you get a sarsaparilla. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not too different than um, not long ago when we were in Dallas. We were at the stockyards at Fort Worth, and those were, you know, very old time Texasy, and there's kind of a lot of that kind of stuff going around. So, and they had they had um, cows there and stuff, bulls actually, a lot of bulls, longhorns. But uh, yeah, to go back to the episode, uh, Ted starts walking along with Brad, and he introduces himself to her, and she asks if he works there, and he's like, uh, "Yeah, senior staff." Uh, and he goes, it's me, Ted. When he shows her the paper, it's like, she's supposed to know that there's a Ted there. Like, when he announces, hey, it's me, Ted. This is also one of those classic things where it's like, don't give certain people. This is like a Dwight Schrute moment, right? Where, like, some people can't handle the tiniest bit of power. And they become a fucking nightmare. This dude's like, oh, I'm senior staff. He doesn't know what it means. Nobody else knows what it means. But he's lording it over these people. Yeah, he's very proud of his accomplishment there. He, um, doesn't that just mean? I know none of them seem to know what it means, but that just means you're the longest staff member. That's probably, been yeah, it's probably all it means. You've just been around a while. And um, he goes on to tell her that he's someone that the rest of the staff looks up to. They go to him for advice. And he continues to kind of just talk himself up until he backs into just like this piece of wood, which uh, makes him lose his balance completely and he falls into a trough. And um, the cut of him falling in, it's so not fluent with the shot of him initially backing into the wood. It's like they did the him stumbling, and then they just cut to the trough and him just going, okay, jump in. And he just jumps backwards. Yeah, because he does the whole like, whoa, 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 whoa <laughs> thing first for a while. This is very much like the Cactus Jack Abdul the Butcher match where everybody falls in the trough and then they throw Missy Hyatt in it. Remember that match? Yeah, just like that. 
it is just like that. That's what I'm saying. I mean, f- I mean, falling to the trough. Yeah. <laughs> so she walks off, and it's just a shot of him kind of sitting in the water, and that's what transitions into the intro. And uh, you guys touched on it as soon as the episode started. The theme song for those of you unfamiliar with "Hey Dude" to is for no, us no, is no, very no, it's, no, yeah, no. it's a very iconic song. Still knew every word. I'm sure every one of us knew every word. The a second. little yeah. wild and a little strange. Anyone else? When you make a home out on the rain. What? That's the thing with that voice. What's the secondary voice on that track? Because it's, it's, a, it's modulated to sound deeper. Yeah, it's like why? Deeper yeah. voice. Why did you need that? Yeah. <laughs> I went deep on a rabbit hole. For the guy who wrote this song. Because I was like, there's got to be other credits. There's got to be other stuff. His name's Dale Jarvis, right? So I do some digging and not finding much. His IMDb list that he's only a composer of this. So I go to Discogs. I'm like, this guy's got a fairly interesting name. I'm going to find something. He, I'm pretty sure this is the guy because it sounds like him on the song. But he's got one listed credit, which is a song called Fat Like Santa that he put out in the 1980s that I listened to like four times today. That is a novelty song that is half Christmas song and a half story about this guy's mother telling him that he's just skin and bones and he needs to gain more weight. And then he does like country voice Christmas things. And at one point he goes, I'm hungry. (laughs) It's so fucking (laughs) awesome. (laughs) So everybody look up Dale Jarvis, Fat Like Santa. All of a sudden, the YouTube page is going to jump from, like, nine views to 19 views, and he's going <laughs> to lose his goddamn mind. I knew I'd make it one day. <laughs> I finally fat like Santa. Yeah, the I'm hungry is so good. We need to isolate that clip. And uh, <laughs> in the the intro itself, other than the, the song, has it's just like a horseshoe, and the horseshoe spins around, and every time it spins, uh, like, an image of a different cast member pops up. Actually, I thought for 89 was pretty good graphics. It, it was, uh, cause I'm watching it and it, it looked pretty good. Yeah, it did. Yeah. Not, no complaints there. Like, looked standard for, you know, what you would have in that time period. It was, uh, simple and to the point, you know, and, um, we always kind of debate back and forth how we like our intros for our shows. This is right up Ferg's alley. Ferg likes a good intro song. I do like a good, good intro. And I, I noticed too when it said cast and it says alphabetical order on the bottom. Yes. That's, a, yeah. you know what's funny? That's something I remember from being a kid. Like, yeah. for, it's a weird thing about the show that stands out. It was like they didn't want to upset anyone. So, like, just so you know, we're not saying anyone's the star. We're just going to go in alphabetical order here. It's good. No one can get mad at that point, right? Even the dog gets credit. Yeah. Cassie, yeah. Yeah, but he gets a Professor and Marianne kind of thing. It's not not right. With the dog? At this They're point, right, it should yeah. be in memoriam of Cassie the dog died, uh, I'm guessing, 1992 or whatever. Yeah, probably. But it's not one of those things you want to think about. Yeah. Hang in there, pup. I don't get my my kids don't get residuals. <laughs> he has like great grandkids. I mean, but my great grandpups were screwed in the contract. <laughs> so the next scene, uh, we have another boy, Danny, is uh, getting to the ranch, and that's where him and Ted uh, greet each other for the first time this summer. And they start by doing this like intricate handshake that they have. <laughs> I don't know why I thought it was funny, but in the middle of the handshake. Ted's like, remember this? It's like, clearly he remembers it. He's been doing this handshake with you for the last 10 seconds. I thought the same thing. Like, yeah, they're in the middle yeah, of doing it. Remember that thing we're doing currently? It's like, oh, shit, I do. That's real cool. At I was thinking. In, but, at least in this scene, they have no chemistry whatsoever. The two of them no, do. but like, I think no. there's a very specific reason why I'll touch on in a second. But uh, thinking about the handshakes, 
I remember there was a point in time. I know at least Gordo and I had a handshake for a moment. Yes. Right around those like early 2000s when everyone on the Red Sox had like a different handshake. I yep. remember like emulating that for a bit. Yes. It was uh, one, two, three, four, <laughs> butterfly, butterfly up, down. I remember it still. <laughs> Losers. <laughs> you just mad you didn't have a secret handshake. Oh, someone's mad he's not part of the handshake. <laughs> you guys were just so inspired by Mariah Carey's butterfly at the time that you were like, let's do a secret dance for everybody for this. Well, that was Joe the actual... and I used to just touch tips. Steak tips? Yes, steak tips. (laughs) Now I just picture them every time they hang out. They have to go and buy steak tips to go and greet each other. I go, hey, Joe, remember this? (laughs) (laughs) Well, after that picture of Ferg and I frauding came out that time. (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, (laughs) to get back into this episode. Ted then asked Danny if he remembered, and then Danny's like, uh, yeah, and he goes to his backpack and pulls out um, food his mom made for uh, Ted, which is uh, fry bread, which I looked into because I didn't know if that was a real thing or not. And fry bread is basically like a fried dough, yeah, uh, but it's kind of a, it's like a Native American thing. It's, it's not sweet like fried dough. Yeah, it's a little more, I would assume more, I don't know. I guess if uh, if you cross like pizza dough with fried dough or something like that. Right, which well, was intense. Like, did you try putting marinara sauce and cheese on it? He's like, yeah, it was like a pizza. I was like, that's literally what a pizza that's is. That's not like a pizza. <laughs> you made a pizza. You're right. Uh, it's like, hey, remember that time I told you to make a pizza? This is Danny by the way, is when, um, very wooden. He is not a great actor. Right, no so offense, that's Danny, your, wherever you are. That's they're, what I was going to say when Ferg touched on it earlier. The reason they have no chemistry is Danny can't act. At they're all. all like that, though. No, not I as bad as Danny. Christine Taylor is the only person on the show who can act. I think and Mr. The, Ernst. the rest, the Mr. rest Ernst, of them are yeah, yeah. Fi- they're fine okay. though. Like uh, Brad and Ted, they're fine. Now Brad rubbed me the wrong way that entire episode. Also, Brad and Ted kind of have the same face. Did anybody else notice that? Yeah, it's I like did. I did. it's like Ted in a wig is Brad. It was weird. Was, they didn't have that big of a oh senior staff. You say. <laughs> <laughs> Girls, oh. girls, girls. Do you think it was a, a Jack and Jill situation where someone played both uh, <laughs> characters the whole time? No, I will say, if you don't think they're very good actors, it would make sense that Danny never did any more acting. But Brad did have one more role to her credit. Does anybody Did anybody look up what her other acting role was? She's the only one I didn't look up. Same. I went through. I started clicking through. I didn't get to her, though, I guess. Uh, she was in a movie one year after this show ended called Danger Zone 4. Mad oh, girls, I did see that. Yeah. Bad girls. And I'm assuming this is a precursor to Busty Cops or something, and I will be checking it out. And hopefully <laughs> the three preceding Mr. Ernst movies. Is in a lot of those shady movies too. <laughs> yeah, Mr. <laughs> Ernst is definitely like the sergeant at Busty Cops and stuff. He's in a ton <laughs> of amazing stuff. Like he's in Seinfeld, he's in Justified, and um he's got a he's in um The Late Shift, the movie about uh the Tonight Show. But he's definitely in a lot of like it's 11.30 in Cinemax is on type movies. But there, there's a reason why only one person from this whole cast is successful. <laughs> and in a lot of movies, like actual movies. Well, Danny was married to Ben Stiller for a short period of time, but it didn't work <laughs> out. And his career went right down. Danny, by the way, also, we find out in that scene is Hopi uh, Indian. Or Hopi Native American, I'm sorry. He does get better, by the way. He was my favorite character when I watched us. Uh, yeah, kid. I thought I do remember liking him when I watched it, like back in the day. 
Well, because he's the one. Was cool because he called Mr. Ernst Mr. E. <laughs> I love when you're a kid. That shit is super cool. It's like, there's hey, this- Mrs. S. You're like, only a cool person would say something like that. There's just something about um like that character because he's the level-headed one, but not in a. He's not playing it like straight and nerdy. He's just playing it a little. He's just more reserved and cool versus Ted, who's just an obnoxious and. He's supposed to be obnoxious. He's you're not supposed to like hate him, hate him, but he's gonna be the you know he's antagonist the Zach Morris. Yeah, yeah, he's the rambunctious one. He's the he's like uh, the Budnick. You know, he's the classic. He's the one who gets everyone into trouble. Can I just say that I thought that Budnick and Donkey Lips were on this show because I seriously don't remember this show that well. I remember watching it back in the day, but I. Must have crossed the Lucha shorts and this. Well, they were on back to back all the time with each other, so that does yep. make sense. Like it would be two hours of this and then two hours of Salute Your Shorts. Gotcha. Yep. That's my. That might be why. Yeah, your memory bank just kind of mushed it all together as one thing. Especially because I'm assuming the last time anybody watched an episode of either of those shows for us was well over two decades ago. Well, your assumption is wrong, my friend. <laughs> Did you recently watch all of Salute Your Shorts? I've watched plenty of Salute Your Shorts over the years, especially the Zeke the Plumber episode. Well, I mean, Zeke the Plumber is a classic. He can smell your fear. Zeke the Plumber didn't have a nose. Fuck, I've been caught. We will we will eventually do a Salute Your Shorts episode. 100%. R.I.P. Ugly. Aww. Oh, yeah, recently, too. Aww. And, um, I forgot. So in this conversation between Ted and Danny, Ted starts telling Danny a little bit about the girl that he met earlier, Brad, how she's look. you know, she looks like she's never been around a real horse before, and she's going to need a lot of extra attention. And that he he has this need to make all the guests feel like they're around a genuine cowboy, especially the pretty one, uh, which is an interesting remark now that you guys said that they look similar. <laughs> and, <laughs> he's something uh, about that girl. I just can't yeah. pin on. <laughs> and uh, especially since he's um, senior staff. Again, he mentions the senior staff thing. Which he wants Danny- to give her the senior staff, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> he wants to break her wild horse, unbridled passion. We could we can go a lot of a lot of places this is here. Like, Kids show <laughs> starring minors. Well, not in 1982 when she was They're in Babe Zone idiot. 4 or whatever. Uh, so Danny asks him, you know, what is senior staff anyways? Ted assumes that it basically just means that he's being groomed to, like, run the ranch one day. That is not the case. No. This kid is sorely underestimating what senior staff means. Mm-hmm. And so it's a little um, kid thing, like a kid dream, where it's like, what do you want to do when you grow up? Like, I want to run a tourist ranch that's only open three months a year. Like, oh, awesome. That will probably not be easy to do. Well, if you get paid for a year's worth, then that's not that's not a bad gig. Yeah, no, <laughs> no sure. I mean, doable. like, look, you see the ice cream places and stuff that close all winter and then open up from May to September or whatever, mm-hmm. right? They obviously make enough money in that time. But a ranch is a lot of overhead. You gotta take care of horses all year long. You don't have to feed the ice cream. Yeah, you don't. You don't get to just like leave the horses there and be like, all right. Being being in Arizona, I'm sure there's other stuff they can do all year round. It's not like they're gonna get a ten like pounds of snow. Like no, they all go and work at the iced tea factory. Careful, guys. The forecast is calling for ten pounds of snow. (laughs) (laughs) Ten feet. I I said pounds. And uh, someone starts knocking at the door. And it's uh, Melody, and she's asking if everyone in there is decent before she walks in, which is, I mean, I guess courteous, but in my head it was like, that's your instinct every time you walk in. It's a screen door. If they were just walking around naked, (laughs) probably have the the door shut. 
something had to have happened on the past, right? When she just walked in on Danny yeah. naked. <laughs> like, ah! well, she walked in on Danny and Ted doing their other special dance with each other. <laughs> well, yeah. So as um as Danny goes to open the door for her, this is when Ted hides, you know, behind the door. And when she walks in and uh, starts, you know, to say hello to Danny, they just go sandwich and they, they, they knighted the Roxbury. Yeah, her. exactly. Like, they knighted the Roxbury. Her, aka, they sexually assault Ben Stiller's wife, Ben Stein's wife, not Ben Stein. Ben Stiller <laughs> is who is she? Because she looks familiar. You like know, the wedding singer. You'd know her from Dodgeball. You'd know her from Zoolander, and she was Masha Brady on the, the oh. Brady Bunch movies. She is also leaps and bounds. Yeah, the too. most famous person on this show. Yeah, she's the one who's had like the most successful career. Mr. Ernst is in a lot of stuff too, but she's probably by far the most famous but person. She's in the real show. stuff. <laughs> <laughs> right. But I really do not want to glance past this sandwich situation. No, what no, on this earth? Is rough. <laughs> this is like they're like the writers like we just need like a funny little thing they do to like joke around with her when she walks in like, "Oh, we know. We'll just have both of these boys run up and dry hump her when she walks in the room." They're yeah. just full of fry bread, and they, you know, they're young, and they don't know what's going on. <laughs> that just, would be the reality. Everyone would be fucking. They're kids away from their parents at a dude ranch. So like, when a hockey mask shows up. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Like, I mean, you're probably right for, like, I mean, they. it doesn't seem like they have a chaperone inside just, of these. Uh, it's just they the just got Lucy. Yeah, Lucy. Yeah. I mean, you'd think that and We all know cabin, how she got her name. <laughs> uh, no, I'd how? watch out Mr. She Ernst she looks, like she, yeah, she looks like she could kick ass she, she's a tough one she's she actually her, third she, one she of her weird. most she recent is... credits is she's in an episode of Vice Principals but her scene was deleted oh man <laughs> but she has two different IMDB's and it's like the name's different but it's the same person that's interesting maybe someone made a like, fake one I thought maybe they replaced her and I never noticed but it's the same person interesting <laughs> One sec. It's not like a huge difference. It's the same name. It's just like one's the short version. Anyway, but yeah, they, I mean, granted, these kids would likely be having sex and stuff, right? Just the kids do when they're away with no parents and stuff around. That's still weird that they double dry hump sandwich yeah. the girl, though. That's not, ugh, that's weird. And uh, Danny tells Melody that Ted is senior staff now, and she's excited for him. And then also, like with Danny, has no idea what that means. Danny jokes that he thinks it's uh, when the president gets sick that he will take over. Yes, that's it. And when Danny's acting, boy, did that joke hit. Yeah, the all I thought of was, around. oh, Danny's kind of dumb, too. <laughs> I couldn't, t- because of his acting, I couldn't tell if he was mocking Ted or if he just really didn't know. <laughs> yeah, it was just very flat. Like, every line was very, say this line and then react. And he's just... They needed someone to portray a Native American, and I believe Danny is actually Mexican in real life, if I remember well, correctly. If He's you, not a Native American. If you looked at the credits as the end of the episode rolls, there's like six people. It's just repeating the same names over and over again. It apparently did not have a very large, you know, not staff. Uh, crew? Yeah, crew at all. So <laughs> there's nobody there being like, you know, Danny. You should really play it like this instead. It's just like fucking four people in a cabin in Arizona with a camera. We talked about the off-season of a dude ranch. It's like, how can we make more money? Let's rent out the ranch to film a show. (laughs) To be fair, that's what they did, and that's why they had to build the sets, because there still were some guests there, and they didn't want to disrupt them. 
So they've only shot a few things at the actual ranch. Like whenever they go to the swimming pool, that's at the actual like resort part. But the resort's like kind of posh. It's not like it's not the ranch from uh like this is like a real uh it's a movie I'm looking for here. Billy Crystal. Oh, uh, city, city slickers. slickers. Yes, yes. It's not like a city slickers type city of ranch. Slickers. The cow's <laughs> name is Norm. Which I think so, we've brought up a few times before, too, how much we all love City yeah. Slickers 1 and 2. So while the three are all in the bunk talking, they start to hear some noise from outside. And they all run out, and there's just, like, a horse that's acting pretty wild that's being tended to by some, I don't know, whatever those people were. <laughs> there's just some random cowboys trying to hold the Horse wranglers. Wranglers. But were they all staff? No, they're wranglers, like the jeans. Ah. for Kirklands. I got the idea that he just hired people. Because Lucy yeah. says something about it, too. Right, and that's where we actually first meet Lucy at this point. And she's, like, the first adult that we meet that, like, works there. When she first greeted them, did she call them Teen Titans? <laughs> Teen I believe Titans? so. I may have missed Teen that. Titans. But, I mean, you know, alliteration and they're teenagers. I mean, I, I don't think it'd be too weird. I was trying to think, like, Ferg, was the Teen Titans a thing in 1989? I believe they were, the show didn't exist, but I believe in the comics, there was, so yeah, because Cyborg still had his afro then and stuff. Yeah, they exist. So I'm wondering if, like, maybe okay. one of the writers uh, just, you know, decided to pull from that. Because I thought it was a really random reference for this older cowgirl to call these kids the Teen Titans. But uh, she tells um, Ted that if, um, you know, if he even thinks about it, she's going to grind him into hamburger meat because she sees him eyeing the horse and knows him well enough to know he only cares about two things. One wears tight jeans and the other wears horseshoes. And it's the same thing. It's Ted's girlfriend, the horse lady. <laughs> yeah. Tired of missed you. <laughs> the horse sounds a lot like the dog. <laughs> There's a lot of crossbreeding going on. Yeah. <laughs> I also have one impression, and it's somewhere between Scooby-Doo and Mr. Ed. Speaking of impressions, Jay, how's your Bobcat Goldblatt impression going? <laughs> Do you think I work, I work on this in my spare? I think we did well, you one should episode be. where- You had homework. We you talked about promise, it, yeah. You promised our audience. I never promised them anything. I think I told you guys I privately you that like, I tried doing the voice and failed epically. I think you're afraid of getting good at it because there was a solid year there where, like, if you weren't saying anything, you were doing the predator noise. Like, it became a tip. Yeah, I forgot. You couldn't I stop that. doing it. We'd be driving somewhere and, like, there'd be a lulling conversation. You'd hear, like, the, like, Jay, what the fuck? <laughs> I forgot I used to do that. You still do it sometimes. Now, now go right into Bobcat. <laughs> So if we just <laughs> Gordo, I, I love this mission because if you keep yeah. doing it for the rest of like the next year, every time Jay's at work and no one says anything, you're you're like I'm a vegetarian. <laughs> People look and be like, "What the fuck, man?" There's a uh, yeah. I tried it once in the car. I'm like, "This is bad. <laughs> this is not where my voice is supposed to go." Did you look around after? Like, did anybody hear me? <laughs> windows, windows all the way up. It, it was not much better than for uh, than Gordo going. I'm a talking bunny. <laughs> <laughs> that was hilarious. If you want to, and for those of you who are uh, very confused right now, go back and listen to our um, happily unhappily ever after episode that we had done a few months back at this point now. But um, of course, from Police Academy. Yeah, and essentially to go back, this is Lucy acknowledging that Ted wants to ride this wild horse and that it's too dangerous. So she wants him to, you know, be as far away from the situation as possible. Why would you bring a wild horse 
onto a dude ranch that's made for tourists. Because it's going to get broken. Yeah, they they're say gonna, that they hired horse breakers. Yeah, so they're going to have professionals take care of it and get the horse ready to be around, you know, regular people. And, and do probably, purpose. If the horse doesn't get broken, you've got horse steaks for the guests and glue for the next year. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I just always thought that that was like a process that was a hard process. Like they couldn't be around other horses. Like, granted, I'm no horse guy. And he I don't know. I'm looking at, I'm looking at a cowboy right now, and I'm like, there's a horse guy right there. I was going to say, you know how you know you're not a horse guy? Because you just said horse guy, which I'm pretty <laughs> sure is not the proper nomenclature for this. Uh, you know, it, my, my grandfather was a, was a rancher, believe it or not, from Oklahoma. But he, you know, I don't think that you're supposed to have wild horses around other horses because broken horses learn. It wasn't around the other horses. It was by itself. It was by itself. It was in a corral by itself. All right. All right. You know, I just think it's dangerous. Gordo dressed like a cowboy before because I feel like this is not like he did. He was dressed as a cowboy when the cops tackled him at the Fourth of July party. (laughs) 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 The one time Gordo actually didn't do anything wrong, and he still got it. There's nothing funnier than being arrested in costume. (laughs) It's like Jay, you've been there too, haven't you? What being arrested for not doing anything? Well, that no, but in arrested costume. in costume. He said, "Oh, arrested in costume." Yes, yeah. I'm sorry. Um, yes, I was. I was once arrested dressed as Roddy Piper. I once <laughs> drove by Ferg as he was passing a field sobriety test dressed like uh, MC Hammer. <laughs> or <laughs> what was it? And you know what? I don't MC even want to. I don't want to even get into all of these stories that we just unveiled because we got to give the listeners something to stay stay around for. So let it be known we have a. We have a plethora of wild stories that we've we've been through over the years. There are a lot so, of stories, and we've all had some weird run-ins with the police. <laughs> so keep listening. Yeah, now we're just old and boring and talking about Nickelodeon shows while we're in our late thirties. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, once upon a time, we're we're some pretty fun dudes. Fun dudes. <laughs> but uh, so Lucy also informs Ted that you know it's strict rules by the new owner that you know only. The Wranglers will be breaking these horses. And Ted wants to know if this guy knows anything about horses at all. And Lucy hasn't met him yet, but judging by his letters, seems like a man who knows about ranching. Again, dated reference now because you think back to... I mean, telephones existed. I don't know why he'd be writing letters, but... Yeah, why didn't they use telegrams? Yeah, I mean, telegrams, (laughs) I guess, also... Because the other show that we tackled from 1989 not long ago, telegrams are still very much being used. Exactly. He's like an accountant from New York, though. You think he has access to like a fax machine, probably, and has multiple telephones. I was just going to say fax machine seems more appropriate. Yeah, because if he made this probably doesn't have a fax machine, Lucy. Yeah, sure. But if he bought this ranch and he hasn't seen it in person, that means he had to do paperwork and stuff, which you'd have to do through fax because you have to have signatures for sure. So yeah. he's communicating with somebody through, I'm guessing, facts. Yeah, but the last owner, because when um, Ted first gets there, he's looking for a guy named Joe, who was That's the true. original owner. So he probably did all his business with him. And Joe doesn't tell anybody that he's leaving, doesn't reach out to the... I mean, I guess it's weird to reach out to a bunch of kids in the middle of the year and be like, hey, it's me, your old boss. I sold the business. <laughs> it's like, okay. Don't let anybody sign now. your checks. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a heavyweights joke? Yes. <laughs> I feel like heavyweights has come up a couple times, too. Well, I mean, if we're going to talk about Ben Stiller, you might as well make the connection at some point. To that but, great um, movie, Wedding Singer, that we all saw in the theater together. 
<laughs> that was a great time when we all saw a wedding singer together. Moving on. Uh, Is that why I didn't get invited to Canada? Are you holding that grudge that long? We invited you to Canada, but I was not invited to go see the wedding scene with you guys. <laughs> That's fine. That movie didn't turn out to be one of my all-time favorite movies or anything. Jay found out that he wasn't invited and was like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> R.I.P. R.I.P. And uh, so anyways, uh, this is when we first find out about Mr. Ernst, and it, it cuts to him right after that. And he pulls up in a Jeep that the horn was... Was that a loose version of the theme to the song? Yeah, it seemed like a couple bars off. Yes. Yeah, it was like it was a close version. Because at first I was trying to peg what song it was. I'm like, I can't. I was like, what is this? And I played it back a couple of times. I'm like, I think it's just the intro. There's some weird interstitial music and stuff too. Like when Ted first comes up in the beginning, we didn't talk about this, but they're playing like a Tex-Mex blues song. It's like, do 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 have a song you're like all right i guess sure so i think this show would have benefited from a, a laugh track of all shows i don't know it's they annoy me not... sometimes but with some of the like the wooden acting i think it would have helped i just think the outside it wouldn't fit because they're outside so it doesn't sound like i don't know to me that wouldn't it wouldn't place right to have the laugh track when they're out in the ranch but maybe but there's real i don't know well, it's funny They've you, should, done you say that shows. because when I had that thought, it was when they were in the cabins and like they were just like talking. And everything was super quiet. And I'm like, yeah, this right. be a laugh I, think, track I think the laugh right track there. would work. I mean, it, there's it doesn't make any less difference than a laugh track when somebody's at a department store. Yeah. So uh, going back to Mr. Ernst, he he pulls up in a jeep. He's with his son, and um, we cut to them when they first park, and they're kind of still off on their own. And his son is uh, his name's Buddy. Mr. Ernst, he's very excited. This is the first time he's, like, seeing his own ranch, and he's talking to his son, and he's like, here we are, Trail's End, at the Bar None Ranch. And Buddy looks very annoyed. He he does not want to be there at all. We find out officially later on that he's from New York, but I think the early tip is his son's wearing a Mets hat. I think that was to let you know right away. such a 90s kid. Oh. (laughs) I can't even skateboard here, Dad. I love it. He was my favorite character as a kid. And now I think as an adult as I watch it where he's like, I can't even skateboard. I want to rent a bloody movie. I was like, oh, right. Yeah, that all tracks now. That's exactly yeah. how I am still. Yeah. And Mr. Dad, Ernst um, comes in, David Brisbane, who, again, we've seen all the time. Does anybody feel like he looks like if Rick Moranis fucked the Micro Machines guy? hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent a Rick Moranis vibe. Yeah, yes. he's yeah. it's definitely a Rick Moranis type. That's probably how he got most of his like gigs at that time. <laughs> But I saw him, that was my immediate thought, and then I was like, the Micro Machines guy? Like, why was that buried in my subconscious somewhere? Uh, I'm trying to rack my brain as to what the Micro Machines guy is. They did a ton of commercials. Remember Micro Machines? super they fast. Were the tiny little cars. That's what he was best known for, the super fast talking guy. Oh, okay. I'll have to go look that up, but I remember Micro Machine. Was that like the boy answer to Polly Pocket? No, that's no, Mighty that Max. Mighty Max. Oh, okay. Micro machines, little cars. Yeah, they're just like Hot Wheels or whatever. They're like uh, tiny Hot Wheels, but they work really well if Daniel Stern steps on them. He would slide all across the floor. <laughs> That's a Home Alone reference. It's the sound of a reference going into the Hey Do episode. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Mr. Ernst, too. I mean, we said it before. He's uh, we, He's an accountant from New York. Uh, and he looks like an accountant from New York who's trying to dress like he's being a cowboy. <laughs> he looks like when Pee Wee Herman steps out of the trailer in the end of Pee Wee's Big Adventure dressed I as a cowboy. I swear to God, I was going to make the same <laughs> reference. It's the hat, too. <laughs> the giant hat. 
I don't know what that type of a cowboy hat is called, but you don't see them very often. And I think they're, they're like more probably, rounded ones. Yeah, yeah, I think but it's a huge ten gallon hat, isn't it? I th- no, I think a ten gallon hat is still like a Stetson style, hat, like the kind you guys are wearing. I, yeah. I don't know what you call that one. We call that a city slicker hat. <laughs> it's definitely a city slicker hat. That's definitely like a they saw you coming. That's the salesman was like, it's the most expensive one and the most real cowboy. <laughs> also, also, Joe, I felt like that was a shirt that I could see you wearing. Oh, yeah, that's totally get Joe written all over. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, if I could find that shirt in my size, I'd be wearing it right now. I love those shirts. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the nudie suits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what they're called. I don't know what's I know, funny it's about so it. funny. <laughs> and, uh, R.I.P. And um, this is also uh, Mr. Ernst wondering, he's asking Buddy, like, what should we do for our first night? Watch the Western sunset or have some real Western chow? Like, he, he's not like, he's just so into the fantasy of being out here that he has, like, he doesn't even have any specifics in mind. He's just trying to, I don't know, he's, he's a tourist. He's a tourist, but he owns the place. What the hell is he gonna eat? What's real authentic cowboy food? He's gonna make like like beans. Hard tack? <laughs> hard some beans by the fire. I think to him though is yeah, it's like I think for right, it's probably just like beans around the fire. You know what I mean? Like that's what he thinks cowboys eat. What which like, uh which was the salsa? That, with that New old, York City. Was that El, old, old El Paso? El Paso. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> he just just spooning tortillas with Old El Paso. We've done it. <laughs> This stuff's made in New York City. New York City. I get Thank the gimmick for that, by it. the way, but like, would you give a shit where your salsa was made? It's, it's like, do they use the ingredients the same? Like, who the fuck cares? Yeah, I feel like the only thing I care about where it's made is bourbon. That's probably the only thing in the world where I'm like, well, I, uh, it's just not going to be as good otherwise. But aside from that, if someone's like, these Starbursts were made in Puerto Rico, you'd be like, well, I don't want them. <laughs> but even with bourbon, it's only because those places have existed forever. Like if a new distillery opened up in bourbon, uh, in bourbon, in, bourbon. in, like, in, in like Tennessee or bourbon whatever, ham. like you wouldn't care. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Oh, but Kentucky is like, bourbon. Uh, whiskey's Tennessee, right? Every time I try to get any whiskeys from around like here or anything where it's like, it's old man of the mountain whiskey or whatever it's always like this isn't very good yeah. i just don't think i think that you need people who've been doing it for a long time for sure i mean it's, we, we actually talked about distilleries very recently in, in mash last week yeah and it was like yeah it's more of a process so you know the the victor goes to the the person who has the most amount of time to do it and again not easy because one time we bought one of those barrels that was like make your own whiskey kit and you like pour the whiskey in and you age it and blah 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 we waited two years and i took half a shot of it and didn't take it as a shot, like went to keep it in my mouth to taste it. I burned every hair off of my tongue. It was the 4th of July at my parents' house. <laughs> you, when have they a hairy tongue? you have a hairy tongue? <laughs> like, you know, the flavor, like, I couldn't, to. yeah, not anymore. Yeah, <laughs> I was literally in the pool going buds. like this, like, <laughs> to my tongue, because I've never felt so much pain. Chlorine did not help. Uh, but yeah, so whiskey is not an easy thing to do. <laughs> Especially when you're just using, like, the like the Amazon barrel kit oh yeah, yeah i mean like we obviously weren't like i mean i wish i made a still or something but i don't I understand what happened thing, we, to be honest we, with you i I, we, know, I know they have the microbreweries i didn't know they had like a at-home whiskey kit well you don't really make whiskey in it you kind of infuse existing yeah. whiskey with it they basically, you basically rubbing alcohol and you pour it into wood for two years and they're like <laughs> it'll taste like whiskey just spoiler alert this, does not throw this <laughs> vanilla bean in and watch what happens but uh yeah and then um after that whole scene we cut to the girls bunk and right off the bat it's considerably nicer than the boys one (laughs) i don't know if you guys picked up on that right away there's no bunk beds 
It wasn't because of like how they dressed it up either. It's just they gave him a nicer facility to stay in. Well, they they didn't have bunk beds. Well, think about it. Like the women's bathroom always has a fucking couch in it. I was just got <laughs> shit in the corner. Yeah. So they've always got nicer candles in there. Maybe if you stop shitting in the corner, they'll put a couch there. <laughs> I'll stop shitting when I get my couch. <laughs> We're at an impasse here. Yeah. One thing yeah. I noticed too that's surprising to me, and we've all seen a billion of these like teen camp type movies, right? Is that it's always like the boys' bunks are here and the girls' bunks are a quarter mile down the road because we don't want hormone-fueled teenagers to be too close to each other. In this one, it was like, all you have to do is walk two paces from the girls to the guys. I'm like, that seems like inviting some trouble. Just make sure you go. Are you decent? Yeah, yeah you, you just have to cover your eyes. Them. And then as soon as you walk in, they're going to dry up you. <laughs> You'll be sandwiched. And, uh, Probably because it's so sandy there. Yeah, so this is um the first <laughs> scene where Melody uh, meets Brad. And she tries to point her in the direction of where the guests stay because she doesn't understand that Brad works there. And Brad mentions that this isn't like, you know, the first time that someone's mistaken her for a guest. Melody apologizes and said it's, you know, from, you know, by the looks of her clothes. And she's kind of like, my clothes? She's like, no, they're beautiful. It's just, you know, they're not very ranchy. Because she's dressed, um, I don't know, I'm, uh, how would you describe it? Kinda she's like... like- grandma clothes i, I know, know for for someone her age she's in like a business casual type situation yeah. i thought that she was saying that because you can see that she's got like really sweaty underarms you guys didn't see brad's pits uh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought she should have said you just look like you're dressed too nice to work here <laughs> like, you look- essentially that is what you're saying Brad tells her she has a lot of clothes with her uh so you know and then they start to like unpack her stuff together Melody, while they're making small talk, asks her, like, who else confused you, you know, for a guest? And this is when she brings up Ted, who she describes as this totally conceited, offensive guy who'd be kind of cute if he wasn't so obnoxious you'd want to puke. Exactly what my wife said about me. I was going to say, I feel like we all can fall into that category, right? Or at least now we find out they both think Ted's cute. Or at least kind of cute. I feel like that's everybody at that age, though. Like, that's a boy at that age, no matter what. And I feel like most people at this age, it's pretty much all the same except for conceited because you're old enough to be like, I am a nightmare. (laughs) You're not like, I'm hot and cool. You're like, I scream in the shower about things I did when I was 15 that I probably did wrong or whatever. Joe, are you saying that all 15-year-old boys are cute? Uh, well. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Max. (laughs) Ooh. I feel like a sandwich all of a sudden. <laughs> uh, Joe's magic shop. condone this. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, I just uh, I'm opening a new uh, cafe down the street. It's called Cup of Joe's. But uh, yeah, so Melody instantly realizes she's talking about Ted by the description and tells him to, you know, try to focus on his good points, which she's like, which are what? And she's like, you're Huge right. Huge <laughs> Stop it. They're kids. I'm glad you went there. <laughs> she's like, uh, she's like, you're right. It's easy to just hate them. So then Melody com- uh, compliments Brad on her clothes. And she's like, oh, well, we're probably the same size. You know, you can always borrow whatever you want. And Melody's like, oh, thanks. And, you know, same goes for you. And she kind of holds up like a pair of jeans. It's not like offensive clothing. <laughs> yeah. And, and Brad's like, oh, thanks. I probably won't need to. And so she didn't like, pull up, like, a glittered t-shirt that said, who farted? You know what I mean? She pulls up, like, normal ass clothes. Yes. I want that. <laughs> I know you do. Gorda, Christmas isn't uh, that far away. Don't worry. Yeah, I'm sure Etsy has some available. I thought 
<laughs> as far as it went for Brad, though, I thought that was kind of dickish of her, right? Like, couldn't you just end it and be like, uh, oh, yeah. thank you? Totally yeah. dickish of her. Don't look at the clothes and be like, because cause isn't the whole thing that the perception isn't reality with her character? Like, you see her look a certain way, but I think she's more supposed to, to come off as snobby, but she's such a bad actress that he doesn't translate. See, but I thought it was the opposite. I thought you're supposed to think she's snobby, but you, as you find out about her, she's there's more to her because they're just going by the limo and the clothes. So I thought this was a little out of place because she was acting a little snobby with that line. Also, like, it's a dude ranch and you're going to want to wear jeans and T-shirts. You know what I mean? Like, you don't have to be – She, you find out that she's a horse lady, as Gordo would say. <laughs> and, you know what I mean? Like, it seems insane that she's like, no, 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 I wouldn't wear your normal ass clothes. It's just still weird, like you said. They're just regular clothes. She's not holding anything. <laughs> she's a her. horse lady. <laughs> Why the long face, Brad? <laughs> <laughs> Question. Why did they call it a dude ranch? Does anybody know? Like the history of a dude ranch, why it's called that? I have no idea. We probably should have looked that up since the title of the show is Hey Dude, huh? To They refer to the type of patrons they attracted, which I guess were dudes. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I know dude okay. is a country, I mean, a country, like an Old West term. Is it? Yeah. Ranches that opened up to the tourism business were called guest ranches or dude ranches. I don't, yeah. There's no good reason. <laughs> I guess a it's cattle a ranch answer. converted to a vacation resort. For tourists this is the definition. I thought it might say it in that, but it doesn't. Which makes sense because in Back to the Future Three, uh, Biff Tannen calls Marty McFly dude, so it would have been an insult for him. Like you're not a real cowboy, you're right. a tourist cowboy. But at the end of the day, like I'm a dude, he's a dude, she's a dude. We're all dudes. We're all dudes. Hey. So uh, from there, we cut to Mr. Ernst, who's talking to himself outside, and he doesn't know where his own office is, and he's you know embarrassed about that. And Melody walks by and um, stops to introduce herself to him. And she um, informs him that she's the swimming teacher there and the lifeguard. So that's the first time we find out what her job is at the dude ranch. And then they kind of go over the layout of the ranch together. And, you know, she's kind of saying, yeah, that's the our bunk. That's where the boys bunk. That's like the dining hall. He's like, yeah. And then he's like trying to bring up his office because he's trying to figure out where it is. But he's embarrassed to ask her. And that's kind of the joke in the conversation. And she's like, oh, yeah, your office is great. It's the only place in the whole ranch with AC. The old owner put a couch in there. But I just didn't understand why can't you just ask her where, hey, I'm obviously new here. This is my first day. Do you know where my office is? I don't think so. have this joke. And he has to have the illusion of being in charge as the new boss. I also don't get the impression that this is like a humongous property you know what i mean like it shouldn't be that hard to find that, yeah i was the thinking dwellings. the same thing yeah there's it's probably pretty three, big because there's apparently right a pool and we never see it <laughs> so. yeah i guess that's true there is a pool i mean like and you don't see any of the excuse me you don't see any of the um like guest places you just see literally only staff so the uh, thing about his office too um i know it's it's featured prominently in the rest of the show yeah. so i wonder if like it's just not like they didn't have the set built yet or it was an actual dude ranch being used, like you said. Maybe they had to wait a little it, while for that area tough. to clear out. But. I mean, because we're always, I mean, we do pilot episodes. And it's very interesting from show to show. Some some shows, the pilots are legit filmed as one-offs to sell a show to a company. So yeah. at this point, they might have had very limited sets and resources and didn't create that stuff yet. And then, like, you see a lot now when we tackle... Newer shows, like those Netflix ones where they film the whole season at once, you know, they're much more established right from the pilot because the show is already ordered to a season. 
That makes sense. I was gonna say this also just gives them like Ferg said earlier too, like the excuse to just give this guy this is his gag the whole thing, right? So you need to know he's like a bumbling sort of not real cowboy. A dude. Yeah, yeah. It's just to, you know, show him his kind of doofy. You now cut to Ted, Danny, and Buddy all together. And it looks like um the two guys gave Buddy like a tour of the of the ranch for the first time. And they said tomorrow, you know, they're going to take him out riding, which he has no interest in doing. He said he's not the horse type. And it seems like this whole taking him for a walk was just to get information about his dad, which was also unnecessary. They probably could have just asked him. It's not like, hey, we'll give you a tour if you tell us about your dad. <laughs> he's like, uh, sure. Again, of this sprawling, expansive ranch. But he tells him he doesn't spend a lot of time with his dad because his parents aren't together and he lives with his mom. But. Says his father tries, and he kind of gets crazy ideas sometimes. Like, you know, he's an accountant from New York, and he bought a ranch in Arizona. And that's kind of when we first get the real feel for officially know that he's a New Yorker, what his background is, and then where this ranch is located. Yeah, this is just like a very much an exposition dump. This is just like move the story along, gives people some background, so we know the backstory on Ernst and Buddy. And Danny wants to know if he's ever been around any animals, talking about... um, Buddy's father, and he said, "Well, his apartment has cockroaches." Apparently, not a very Gross. successful accountant. He's living in a cockroach-infested <laughs> yeah. apartment in New York. Well, I mean, the okay. it's all of New York. Apartment. New York. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, New York it, listeners. Don't most apartments have some kind of like in that that New York thing? I mean, it's like, like a trope. In like bad apartments, you know what I mean? Like, there's also billion-dollar apartments in New York. Yeah, look at Joe's apartment. Not our Joe, the the, sh- the show slash movie, Joe's apartment. My apartment did not cost a billion dollars. I wasn't talking about you. <laughs> <laughs> also an MTV production. Uh, this show was a... Uh, du- uh, hey Dude was an MTV production. It was? Is it really? Yeah, if you look at the end credits, it's credited as an MTV production. Strange. Huh. It was written by Kurt Loder. <laughs> <laughs> R.I.P. I think he's still alive. I'm pretty sure Kurt Lowe is alive. Kurt, if you're still alive and listening, uh, call in. (laughs) It's sad that he wouldn't be able to do his own break-in news break to tell you if he died. That's kind of depressing. I hope he pre-recorded it. They'll break (laughs) in from whatever, like, you know, Rob Dyrdek and a Kardashian show that MTV plays now or whatever. MTV that was, like, notably older than everybody else on the show, right? I mean, on, on the network, right? Like, everyone else was, like, teenagers in their early 20s. He was, like, 40. Is that the one I'm thinking of? Yeah. Yeah. Well, they hired him because he was, like, a respected journalist, and he was, like, a Rolling Stone guy. And they were like, well, we should have one person who was, like, not named, like, this is Kennedy, and I'm here on Bump and Grind, or whatever, like, all the fucking shit they would do. Funny, she's on on Fox Business right now, Kennedy. Kennedy is? Yep. Good for Kennedy. So to go back to this episode. (laughs) (laughs) You don't want to talk about Uh, more 1980s MTV? We can't off air at some point. Um, so uh, as all that was happening, uh, Brad walks by and she's kind of like in this equestrian type outfit, I would say, like half in, half out, like the pants and boots kind of line up with it, but the shirt isn't. She's like halfway into the dude ranch attire now, but like not really. It was like rich people's riding clothes. Yeah. She doesn't have the fun helmet on, though. Yeah. Right. That's why I'm like, helmet? It's, yeah, it's like kind of half yeah. like the from like the waist down. She had like the full equestrian gear. Because those helmets are for, like, rich people and professionals, right? Because, like, a real – if you're, like, a horse jockey, you don't wear one. And if you're, like, a tourist, you wear, like, a skateboard helmet. You know what I mean? Like, they put you in, like, a pro-tech or something that you don't – so if you fall off. 
Yeah, that makes sense. You know why she didn't wear the helmet? Because that would expose that she has experience with horses, and then the whole thing with Ted couldn't have happened. Oh, good call. It would have exposed that she's a horse girl. Well, she's also just walking around. She didn't have any intentions of getting on a horse at that moment. You don't just walk around with a helmet on at all times. Yes, you do. I see firefighters walking around with helmets on, construction workers just in the store. So Ted points her out to Danny when she walks by and says that he's going to... You know, he's going to go approach her. So, you know, watch the master, which it's weird because I think this happened again last week with the MASH episode where Hawkeye calls himself the master. And it just always sounds so weird to me, but it's a common term in a lot of shows. But to refer to yourself as the master always just feels strange. It's only one master and that's show enough. It's also weird, too, because Ted went up to the horse when he was trying to break it and was like, be good or I'll have to cut around your B cups. And everyone was like, yeah, that's just a weird thing to say to this horse. Again, uh, that's from the MASH episode that we did last week. Not about this show starring a bunch of children. It's I'm a putting it together. It's, it's a, a good thing that's the line that Joe chose and not one of the other lines from MASH. Yeah. So uh, moving right along, <laughs> when he walks up to her... <laughs> She says, well, if it isn't the senior staff infection, which I thought was a great yeah, good line. That a That's good a good line. line. Yeah. I wrote that one down, too. That's yeah. a good line, which would never be in a children's show today. Correct. But that's, at, well, no, they are. You just don't 90s. get it. You know, you go back to, like, when we were kids. Like, we didn't get that line when we were kids. You just know that she's making fun of them. So you laugh along, as kids will do. They they just know they're supposed to laugh there. And he starts talking to her if in, um you know, to see if she wants to see a real cowboy ride. And she tells him she doesn't see one anywhere, and they're having a little bit of a back and forth, and Danny walks up during this and kind of whispers in her ear, ear, don't judge him until you get to know him. I don't know, like, it was almost like he knew they were kind of courting one another, and he was saying, give give him a chance. that. Like, fuck that. Like, if you find him obnoxious, just tell him he's fucking obnoxious. You get all these people being like, oh, good golly, you should give him a chance. Like, no. Well, they fuck have that. to spend all summer together. They're trying to make sure everyone gets along. Yeah. And they're yeah, all I think it's less like, sexual at that point and more, or like less romantic, rather. I don't want to say sexual, they're kids, but less romantic at that point because it's more just like, we, there's five of us for the next 90 days. Let's all try to keep it civil here and be friendly. I wonder if there is a much bigger staff and like they're just always off camera. Yeah, we don't we don't really get to see them. Yeah, because it doesn't make sense that there's just an absentee owner who's kind of bumbling and then like one woman who's in charge of everybody after that. Like you'd think there would be more of a structure there. It's like salute your shorts, you know. You they then Ugg wasn't in charge of like thirty children. (laughs) Had to have been other counselors that you never saw. Right. So he points out this horse that he's gonna ride. And she basically tells him, like, a real cowboy would get on that one over there, which is uh, Rocket, which I assume was the horse from earlier. Uh, could it be a different wild horse, but I think it was the same one from before. So a real bitch move <laughs> to well, kill him. she's calling him out on his bullshit because he's talking himself up so much. You don't need to call him out on his bullshit by trying to kill him. Well, well so it's can't about his horse. What am I, Superman? But I think the idea is more that he's going to back down when she says that. If you and guys had a horse, what would you name it? <laughs> Not <Howard> Cigar! <laughs> In honor of our WKRP episode, Howard Horseman. I'd probably name it Moxie, named after the best soda in the world. You would name it Cigar's Uniform? No. <laughs> <laughs> Gordo, your horse name? I didn't think of it. What? <laughs> I, thought you asked I thought you asked that so you could make some poop joke. You know, I actually have a horse in Red Dead Redemption, the video game, and I named it Ricochet. That's a good horse name, especially a cowboy horse. 
do you have to name it in the video game or is that just yeah what you, you have think to yeah you do okay at the time i was a really big fan of the ricochet wrestler so that's nick stop talking about wrestling yeah nick. <laughs> <laughs> my bad but uh, <laughs> so uh so yeah so he decides he's gonna get on rocket and so he jumps over the you know over the fence or whatever to get Corral to him. fence and Danny kind of revisits that line that he said earlier, only now he adds, once you get to know him, you realize that he's a real jerk. <laughs> and then he, he's trying to stop him. And before he can even get on the horse, uh, it just starts jumping around like crazy, and Ted falls to the ground. And it looks like he's about to get trampled on, uh, and then Danny kind of hops in and pulls him out to safety. And then meanwhile, while that's happening, Brad does run in and starts to like try to calm the horse down. So I guess this is the first inkling that she's oh she has like something going on with horses. Her way of coming is she's like yeah yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like how Ted's reaction is to kick the horse, did like laying on the ground like that was gonna do something to a two thousand pound. Horse. Yeah, the horse that weighs as much as a Buick. <laughs> He's like, maybe if I just kick it. My Nikes will stop this. I thought I think those were just reflexes. He was shielding himself. A lot of these scenes, I know obviously there they cut away when he's on the ground that there's no horse right over him. But a lot of the scenes where they're interacting with the horse, it looks like they're all interacting with this actual well, horse. Funny thing about this show, the horse was actually also the cameraman. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the union. <laughs> I thought uh, I did think that was really interesting though because the the horse was like bucking and jumping around a lot. So I, in modern day, I feel like they would never let that happen, especially no. with a bunch of child actors. So you can kind of see in the way that this is cut. Yeah, the horse is bucking and bronking in one area, but like the kids are over here. You can't obviously see my hands in the way that I'm doing this, but I can the kids and I don't know what you're talking the, about. So. The kids are, listen, the kids are not in the shot. So it's shot spliced because clearly this isn't a real wild horse and they're making the horse jump up in the air. So they're just showing the horse going, Ray! and then they're cutting to the kids going like this. So I feel like they're not really in the same vicinity. Put together. Like We've, if you notice Ted, whenever he's with the horse, he's just with the horse's ass. And then when it's Don't when talk it's, about Danny that way. <laughs> <laughs> ah, you. But when, then when it's bucking, it's just the horse alone bucking. And then when Ted's on its back, there's nothing else in the scene other than his hands in the air, and then it cuts to the horse hooves. bucking. Well, so. to use the famous S one E one catchphrase, not to get ahead. There is a scene later where you see Danny holding the rope with the horse, and it is Danny holding the horse while the, the horse is jumping. So whether it's tamed or not, I was like, wow, I mean, there's risk there, right, with these shots. And I'm sure it's a trained, you know, horse that was used for television and stuff like that. But I don't know. I just I didn't expect that. It would have been funnier if they got one of those dressage horses that does the dancing. Like, instead of having it be all wild, <laughs> he tames them. He's just like... <laughs> bows down (laughs) I don't care how much I love westerns and want to be a cowboy if I could go back in time and be a dressage cowboy oh my god that'd be the coolest thing ever you'd be shot immediately your horse would be stolen (laughs) so uh once he he gets back out into safety Danny yells at him and tells him that he could have been killed and Ted thanks him and says you know if it wasn't for him and that girl you know, something could have happened to him. And, and he's like, something's weird about her. But then he goes on to say, you know, next time he's going to ride that horse. 
And as he walks away, Danny kind of trips him. <laughs> he's like, he he's just like, like flat like, out trips him. At that point, Mr. Ernst shows up and introduces himself to the two boys for the first time. And he starts asking why Ted's clothes are so dirty and says it looks like he's been rolling around on the ground. I mean, I understand that they kind of had like a runner joke here, but is it that weird for all these kids who work at a dude ranch to be dirty? Like, they're I was going to say, there was no yeah, need to wear a hard line. He's like, wait a minute. <laughs> Jay, you, you mentioned can- that one of the very first scenes, it's crazy windy there. Yeah. You're crazy windy in the desert. You're probably going to be covered in dust all the fucking time. Yeah, it's not weird that he's dirty at all. No. But they go into this um, like kind of cover-up lie where they tell him that he's breaking in his clothes. And um, th- that's kind of like uh, how they go about it. You have to pack it in dirt or whatever to start off. I don't know why they don't just say, oh, I was just doing my chores. <laughs> oh, yeah. My job. Right. A million things they could have said right. that would have made way more sense. I like at first when he's like, they're not dirty. It's like you're saying that to someone looking at you. You can't. That can't be your argument. <laughs> he's, he's physically right in front of you. You can't say they're not. Deny, deny, deny. <laughs> this is the first time I noticed, too, that Mr. Ernst also has a pocket protector in his Western shirt. Oh, I never picked up on that the whole also, time. Also, may- maybe in another life, he was Louis Skolnick. <laughs> and then at this point, they kind of revisit another joke about how he doesn't know where his office is. And he's like, oh, so uh, this is the duty roster that I have. And, you know, it's going to tell you guys what your you know assignments are each day. And they're going to be hanging right in my office. You guys know where that is, right? I'm like, yep. So, again, the conversation does not steer the way he thinks it is only this time he finally has to just bite the bullet and he's like where is that i respect his plan it should have worked (laughs) but at least at this point he's like okay i give where is it and and they you know and once again they just tell him where it is it's not really a big deal and as they start walking uh ernst says like you know ow because his boots were really hurting his feet and danny tells him like you know you should break these in gradually but uh, it's very important to Mr. Ernst that he looks authentic to the guests. I mean, I that get makes it. Sense. Breaking in boots is awful. Yeah, cowboy boots are notoriously hard to break in, from my understanding. I don't own them. The only boots I ever own are steel toe for work, and those are just painful all the time, usually. I, mean, I try and, my best, even in the winter, to wear sneakers as long as I can, any day oh, I, I can. Yeah. Also, the scene um, closes out a really weird, they walk off camera and like the last person you see is danny who just makes this weird face and he just like runs up and does something to ted off camera because you just hear him yell danny like, what did he do to him i was gonna ask the same thing you don't want to <laughs> so know it was like there was another scene that they fucking just cut out it involved a finger okay what your mind's going somewhere dirty N- no it was not at the time <laughs> could have ran up and tickled him or something for all i know wet willie possibly it's just strange that they left the Danny, (laughs) in there, if they were going to cut whatever he did, why not cut the whole thing? Yeah. Yeah, it's a weird, weird choice. Weird editing choice. Maybe he tripped him again. And from that scene, we get to Buddy, who's with Cassie, the dog we mentioned earlier. And he's trying to train her to yawn. I'm assuming it's uh, her. I don't know. We assuming Cassie's a girl dog? Was. I assume so. (laughs) Yeah, we know, dude. Yeah, I so, think Cassie's a girl yeah. dog. So he's trying to train her to yawn whenever he asks if um, she's having fun. This way, the his dad will see that they're bored there. And that's when Melody walks up and drops popcorn into his mouth as he's emulating the yawn for the dog to do. Would have been better if he started joking. For <laughs> <laughs> I'm allergic to corn. <laughs> and um, <laughs> it was um, 
she's like holding like that most generic popcorn bag. And I'm like, why would she be casually eating like novelty popcorn unless they sell that to the maybe the guests? Maybe they have a concession area. I'm sure that there's like a snack bar. Maybe they have popcorn for the guests just like in the main lodge. Right. Which I yeah, said I I've gone that, back and, and they they a lot of the show is in that lodge. I don't remember if there's a popcorn yeah. machine or not. <laughs> but that was the only like logical reason she could have that kind of generic popcorn. Melody starts talking to Buddy and asking him, you know, if he's bored. And he's like, no. And she's like, well, that's weird because like I get bored sometimes. And then she starts telling him about like all these things that she likes to do to kind of connect with him in a way. Talking about how... You know, while she's there, she doesn't get to use her secret language and uh, she doesn't get to have eating contests. And he's like, I love to have eating contests and I have a secret language with my friends. I don't <laughs> get this at all. Like, this was where we I like did to not, break yeah, things I'd... and put them back together. Yeah. That was like, everyone. He's like, we used to break stuff and then fix it. It's like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> what the hell? It was like a weird scene where she's trying to connect to him. So, like, I think as far as. I don't know. I guess she was doing a good job connecting to Buddy, but like the the thought process, like the reverse psychology thing she's trying to do with them, like was not sound logic. Now, what do we think an eating contest entails? A contest of eating. Who can eat the most or the fastest, depending on yeah, so I mean, like, what. Yeah, who are can the eat the hottest here? wings? Yeah, is, that, is, a, is it a heat thing? Is it a volume thing? Is it a speed thing? I, heat my thing guess, going on my guess is volume and speed. Volume yeah. and speed? Yeah. There was no like heat things back then. Like nothing was. Like Tabasco sauce existed, and that's about the extent of spicy food. It didn't exist back then, maybe because Buddy didn't invent it yet. This is just the start of it. Is that the the secret origins of uh, hot sauce? (laughs) New York City. (laughs) No, I mean, I imagine it's like pies. Like who can eat like the pie the fastest or watermelon or. But I think I think she's like trying to say like, hey, you know, if we stick around, like we can do these types of things. I think it's also important to notice that. Where the hell is he going to go? Well, he's stuck there because, like, his dad owns the place. And, and yeah, I don't think it's that he's going to leave. I think it's just to, like, have more of an open mind and try to yeah, enjoy Yeah, like, don't it, worry. Cause... Like, it's not going to be so bad because, like, I like doing all these things. Buddy is younger than the rest of the kids. So I think, you know, we didn't really note that before. He's probably a good solid, like, four years younger than the rest of them, maybe. Yeah, he's definitely, like, if, if those kids are 16, he's, like, 12. And the conversation gets cut off when Ted shows up asking her to hold, like, one end of the rope he has. And she's like, okay, like, what's going to be on the other side? And he's like, rocket. So she yells at him, reminding him that he almost got killed earlier, which I guess word travels fast because she was not there for that. Well, there is only six of them. That's true. And he tells her that he's going to do it whether she holds the rope or not. She, like, kind of, like, reluctantly uh, agrees to help him at some point. But during that, they do this little thing where her and Buddy are, like, holding onto the rope while he's holding it. But I guess he must have been pulling hard because they let go of the rope and he falls into the trough again. Yeah, they really love this falling into the trough gag. Yes. But I didn't like, see like... It's like equal to like F Troop with the tower falling. Yeah. <laughs> like, but it didn't that's, make sense because... Go-to. Was this like a... They weren't in the midst of a tug of war or anything. So it, if he was holding the rope too, he wasn't like pulling at them. Yeah. If, if they were holding the rope, you'd assume one end of the rope is tied to the horse? Not yet though. Okay. So he's walking the rope to the horse. It's a spontaneous friendship tug of war. You guys don't remember we used to do that? <laughs> yeah. It was I'm, just. Um, I'm confused by the physics of this now. Well, no, because if you look at the way that he had the rope, it kind of looked like it was a lasso, like he was going to cowboy it up. Oh, if he's going to lasso rocket? Yeah. Yeehaw. Yeah, yeehaw. Real cowboy. He needs to learn that he's not a wrangler. He's more of a bugle boy. Ah. So Danny walks up to Ted now, who's in the trough 
for the second time this episode and tells him that he usually prefers to swim in the pools because he finds it too hard to turn in the trough. So again, I feel like I he's be, getting a little less wooden as this goes on. I mean, they're trying. They're feeding him jokes and lines and stuff, but he's he better in every scene that's not in yeah. that little cabin in the beginning. That was really rough. Yeah, that was like definitely. They probably filmed it sequentially, and like it was the first time he's ever acted in his life. I know he gets better, although I haven't watched the rest of the show recently, and he was my favorite back then, so it might just be remembering it. Yeah. Like that, but and he does. From that joke, uh, Ted kind of gives him some fake laughter, and he's trying to butter him up because he wants Danny to help him as well with this rocket situation. He's pretty much dead set against it, but he kind of gives him like the guilt. Well, he tells him that Melody's going to help, and he's saying, well, she's helping me because she probably doesn't want to see me get hurt. Do you want to see me get hurt? So then he's, you know, kind of begrudgingly agrees because he knows, like, deep down that Ted probably is going to do it whether or not he helps. So he might as well at least be there to make sure nothing goes wrong. Like, Ted's playing 5D chess right there. (laughs) Uh, We have another time now where Mr. Ernst walks up to them and he thanks the boys for helping him find his office earlier. And he notices how wet Ted is. So they tell him that this is... glad Joe wasn't here for that line. (laughs) And they tell him that um, this is also part of the breaking in the clothes process. And while he's doing it, like Danny, you know, I think just to kind of rib on Ted, just keeps tossing water on him as he's explaining it. He did the same thing with the dirt earlier. <laughs> Where he's always like, that's enough. I think that's what he did to him off camera. He threw more dirt on him. I think this show oh, does a good it. job of um, not like they let jokes run throughout the episode. So, like, the breaking in the clothes thing was, like, an ongoing thing. The him not knowing his office came up multiple times. So, they do kind of, like, have continuity as things move along. It's decent writing. Yeah, that's nice to see. For, like, a, for like a kid's show, like a simple kid's show, yeah. Like, they, they put a little thought into the structure here. No, it makes sense. And then, also, Mr. Ernst wants to know about the rope. And, again, they whenever he asks about anything now, it's just about the, the clothes process. So, this is also part of breaking in clothes. After they're wet, you lay them out, they dry, and then you beat them with a rope. Yeah, you why, guys did, why did he say that? you used the rope to hang them? <laughs> yeah, yeah you I know. Have to beat them with the rope. <laughs> yeah. It's like you make it like a clothesline, you know. It's like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. And yeah, that would have been made, made the most sense, but. Oh, we are cowboys. <laughs> we need a rope. Mr. Ernst tells him, like, this whole thing sounds like a very arduous process, and then asks if he can hire Ted to break in his clothes for him. So, like, uh, he kind of gives them, like, a quick agreement as they run off. Did anybody else feel like arduous was a weirdly big word for this show? It's New York City talk. For, for him to say <laughs> I, mean, I guess I'm trying to yeah. say that he's like, I mean, it's not that arduous is a big word, but it feels like a weird word for a kid show. Like, it seemed out of place to me enough that I wrote it yeah, down. Yeah, well, it's a, it's one of those, again, it's like the joke we were saying earlier. The kids won't get it, but they understand where his character is. So you, you can put two and two together sometimes with that stuff. And that scene kind of ends with him all alone. and. His feet hurt. Again, we talk I talk about runners. Like, his feet hurt from these boots. So he kind of just picks them up and, like, he has, like, one sitting on the trough real quick. And as he's doing that, his hat falls. And when he turns to get his hat, his foot falls in the trough. And you get the little quick physical gag there where his foot's in the water. A lot of That's water good. jokes in this. For a desert, they really like making water gags. Well, What's a water gag? It's with Brett now. <laughs> I'm not going to get myself in trouble. So uh, from there we go to everyone, well, all the kids at least, with the horse. And this is, like I said before, Danny's inside as the horse is like kind of running and jumping around. And we get uh, from there, we cut to 
uh, Brad with Ted and they're talking and Brad's apologizing to him about, you know, I shouldn't be egging you on for this. Like, I'm sorry. And Ted's like, no, it's guests like you who think that it's, you know, it's all a show. And now I have to prove that this is like real. And she's trying to tell him that she's not a guest and (laughs) that she works there, but he runs off before she has the opportunity to do that. But I was thinking about that. And I don't know if finding out that she worked there would dull the situation down. I think if anything, it would make it worse because then you'd be more competitive with her. Yeah, like if she's a guest, she's going to leave eventually and he'll never see her again. She's not staying there the whole summer. Then why even bother going through the process of breaking in a horse? Well, the horse has to be broken in for other guests to ride. Yeah, it's not like her personal horse. That horse lives on the ranch. Guests only come and stay. They come no, and go no, as they no, please. But, but, to, but to be so adamant about wanting to break in this horse to impress this girl do you think am i am i misreading this that like now he this kid is determined just to ride the horse to ride the horse yeah that's he's still no, trying to impress, to impress her. her i think it's a little bit of her. both because yeah. he thinks he's a real cowboy guy too yeah he, he, he wants thinks... her to see him as a cowboy because you know all, course, all girls are going on vacation want to bang a cowboy well no he just thinks very highly of himself too but yeah it's have to impress her have to prove to himself that he can do it because he's just very stubborn. Because even before that, when he first laid eyes on that horse, if you remember the scene with Lucy, Lucy's like, I know what you're thinking. Don't even think about it. So obviously he would want to ride that horse regardless of the situation with Brad. But the fact that she's egging him on and he feels like he needs to impress her all the more intensifies the reason why he's going to go out of his way to do it. Okay. All right. Makes sense. I, I, I was just kind of confused at this point about his motivation. But also I want to say... He's under the impression that Brad is a guest. Why is he this comfortable with her and like yelling at her and stuff? She's like, in your mind, she's a guest staying at the dude ranch and you're like yelling at her like, oh, you think you're this and that? Like, I'll prove to you. You don't get to talk to the guest that way. Nope. You go to a hotel that happens and you're like, I was just trying to find the ice machine, man. What's I'll going on over bed, here? You stupid bitch. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> that's not senior staff material. It was like, it was yeah, right around staff. that point is when I was like, wait a minute. If he. He doesn't know she's a coworker. Why is he talking to her this way? That's, can't that's do a that. good call. That never occurred Yeah, I didn't think of that either. That's a very good call. Is he talking to a guest I don't guest think that the way. writers thought of it either. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> I was going to say, give the horse a break, Nick. <laughs> so Ted does finally get on this horse. And after, I don't know, maybe two seconds of the horse jumping up and down, he, he falls. This is where he, he falls. falls into that pit of quicksand, drowns and dies, <laughs> and he's not seen for the rest of the episode. Well, I thought this was a little weird, too. He falls in this giant, like, puddle of mud, not to be confused with the <laughs> rock band. That, I think Ferg's favorite band, actually, Puddle of Mud. <laughs> no. Now, is that supposed to be horse shit? You're thinking of I mud was thinking though. the same thing. <laughs> I thought it was supposed pee-pee. to be mud and not crap. But, I thought it was um, supposed to be pee-pee. Like, horses piss like you ever hear, I gotta piss like a racehorse? Yes, I understand that horses <laughs> go to the bathroom, but... <laughs> I don't think that's what the intent was here, <laughs> but regardless of who is caca or mud <laughs> or pee pee, um, I've been enough shit. Because uh, why would there enough. be a giant like hole full of water and mud in the horse? Tra- if well, the horse stepped in that, he'd fall in. Yeah, the horse breaks. We'd have his a never-ending story situation. The, the horse. Well, what I thought was weird here was he falls in it, and now everyone just starts laughing. Which I get the <laughs> gag that he's in the mud, but. Isn't there still a wild, a wild horse that could kill him? And they could still stomp him to death. Yeah, like it's stomping him like really bad, and they're all just (laughs) (laughs) bite him with those big teeth. 
It's the same horse that they thought was going to kill him earlier. And now he's still stuck in the mud now while this horse is jumping around. Like, <laughs> and then like they walk up to like um, Brad walks up to him again. This horse is still in there. No one ever took the horse out. To be fair, at this <laughs> point in knowing Ted, had I just met him, I'd let him die in that mud pit. <laughs> so Touché. I feel like this kid's so fucking annoying. We could probably get away with this as a, you know, just like an accident. No, he's a good guy. Just going to give him a chance. Yeah. Well, yeah, this is when Ted, again, starts yelling at Brad, who he thinks is a guest and not an employee. And he's telling her how, you know, guests like you come and ride some old horse for a week and you go home happy. But, you know, a real cowboy like myself needs to do things like this. And it takes a lot of bravery to do what I do. And this is when she now walks up and uh, jumps on Rocket herself. And it was weird because this is the scene where you find out, oh, she can ride the horse. But it's just like these slow motion clips of her on it. Like, I thought the effect used there was really bad. It's slow motion with inspirational music. It completely tonally shifts here. Yeah, it just didn't work. Like, I understand what this buildup was all for. But the execution of showing her on the horse just slowly, like, smiling as it's in, like, (laughs) it just it made no sense. Yeah, it's very, very weird. It was probably a stunt double. And then... They just well, it's, didn't it's want a close up of her. her, like on it. They never really get into a wide shot, anyways, of of the horse like doing anything crazy. I think more fun would have been instead of her just riding a horse normally, like people do on horses, if she was doing like the Annie Oakley tricks, where she was doing like flips down the side of the horse and everything. Where <laughs> they just like went hot shots with it. <laughs> she was just like a total <laughs> weird horse performer. And uh, when she does jump off the horse, Ted's like, "Who are you?" Like, and she's like, "I'm Brad, the new riding instructor." And his reaction to that is, oh, so great. It looks like we're going to have the whole summer to get to know each other. <laughs> so now that he knows she's not a guest, she, he's no longer yelling at her and now flirting with her. I think it would have been a little more effective if they didn't have the melody scene earlier and we found that out too. Yeah, that would have been better than yeah. probably. You could say that he had mud on his face. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and... uh <laughs> So, you know, then at that point, Ted extends his hand and asks her to, you know, help him out of the mud. And when she goes to grab his hand, he pulls her in. And at that moment, is that cute and flirty or is he a complete douchebag? Douchebag. Both. Mud sandwich. He starts humping her in the mud. (laughs) I would have said, don't be such a stick in the mud and pull it down. That would have been much more effective no mud puns <laughs> i got plenty of mud puns no I, mud. More mud puns. I really now want to make an s1e1 shirt that says mud puns with the circle and the slash through it <laughs> <laughs> or like one of those signs it's like you know days with zero incidents at the workplace it's no like how many puns. days with no mud puns on s1e1 every episode gordo sadly has to erase the chalkboard <laughs> We've gone zero days with our last mud pun. <laughs> From there, uh, Lucy walks up and she sees what's, you know, everything that had happened with Rocket. And Ted says Brad was innocent and it was all him. And Lucy's like, well, that's funny because I count four of you here, you know, referencing the fact that Danny and Melody are also there. And she tells him that she's not going to be telling Mr. Ernst, but she does have a punishment picked out for them. Yeah. And this is where this show goes in a different direction. <laughs> Like you it. said that, and that with a hey dude accent. <laughs> Different direction. 
hey, Lucy. <laughs> so, but then at this point, Ted asks if he gets preferential treatment for being senior staff. So See, there a minute was no ago, payoff to that. I didn't like. The, like there was that, no payoff man. to the senior staff thing at all. Yeah, but they never two explained why ago, Brad has money either. They no, later on. Not in I'm this sure episode. they will yeah. later on. Yeah, yeah, it's not too. It's not too important for episode one, I guess. One thing I do love though is that late, not to jump ahead. I know we always say that, but like just if you look up brad it's like brad's rich she's from minnesota which is like obviously there are rich people in minnesota but like that just seems like a funny place to be like you know where the rich people are yeah the twin cities like okay show her fuck i thought Not it- to uh you know crap on any of our listeners from the great state of Minnesota. Well, I'm very pro-Minnesota. Yeah, yeah. It's just not what a sitcom usually goes for, is like their place of rich people. Didn't the sound home- like you were pro-Minnesota. The home Sounds of like Gordon Bombay? Yeah, the Minnesota Miracle Man? But no, there was... Minnesota. There was a moment earlier where he's like, hey, listen, it was me. She had nothing to do with it. Like, I'm gonna take all the heat here. Then we find out all four of them are gonna get in trouble for this, not just the two of them. And then Ted's like, "Well, do I get preferential treatment because I'm senior staff?" So he went from "I'm gonna I'm gonna fall on the sword for everybody" to "You're gonna go easy on me, right?" And then they started picking up Kaka. So when she said when he said that though, I thought she she like she says, "Yeah, sure, Ted." And I I'm, I have a special like job for you. I was expecting them to be like washing something and him be scooping up like horse shit. But they're all when they the next scene they go to they're all doing the same job. Yeah, so they're all just cleaning I mean. out no a stable. Payoff to that. Right. They like, should have been like eating ice cream, and he should have been cleaning the horse stalls, and they should have been like watching from a distance. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because that's all it was was the four of them cleaning out like a stable. Ted says, you know, if Brad didn't have to show off, they they would have got out of there before Lucy <laughs> uh, showed up. And I'm like, this piece of shit. <laughs> this is uh, this is his fault. And now that they're cleaning the stable and. Again, a minute ago, he's going to take all the all the blame, and now he's saying this is all Brad's fault because she was showing off. They also could have been out of there if he didn't pull her into the mud. <laughs> yes, also true. Yeah, they could have been up and gone. And he had also said things about, like, you know, if she just told me that she worked here, I wouldn't have had to try to impress her. And she's like... Melody, really mad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's like, if you stopped talking for a second, I would have had a chance to. She then goes and does the, like, the, you know, to Danny and Melody... You know, we should treat this cowboy with the respect he deserves. And they do the little gag where they, you know, the three of them all start spraying him with hoses until he, you know, falls backwards because he was kind of just sitting on the rail there. Should have fallen backwards into the trough again. He takes a decent bump, though. He, like, takes a flat back. This guy must have had to change his clothes 50 times for this episode. They throw dirt all over him. They throw him in water twice. They spray him down with water once. They throw him in mud once. Right. Plus, I'm sure there's probably a gene mishap during that first sandwich incident. (laughs) Okay. And then uh, the final scene we get is uh, we cut to Mr. Ernst, who's just kind of outside with a metal bucket (laughs) because he's going to use some horse medicine to make a foot bath for his his sore feet. And he flags Danny over and asks him, like, hey, what do you think about using this stuff? You know, Buddy found it in one of the barns or whatever. He's like, well, this is for a a horse. I wouldn't recommend you use it because it could burn you really badly. A horse's feet are so tough. Yeah. You know what I mean? And humans' feet, for the most part, are very, very tender. Horses' feet are so rough that we literally nail metal to them. (laughs) Right, and they're just like, whatever. Yeah, keep going. Tuesday. So, yeah, Mr. Ernst, despite asking Danny what he thought, and Danny tells him exactly what he thinks about the situation, that it's not a good idea, goes, I'm going to do it anyways. So now uh, I close out with him just dumping some of this, like, 
old horse elixir into a, a metal drum and he just dips his feet in it. And you get like that first uh, kind of shot of relief from him when he first gets his feet in the water. And then a couple seconds pass and he just starts screaming in pain. I can oh, only no, imagine I thought he was that's some like kind of acid, right? Yeah. They said it would probably burn. I thought he was like having like an orgasm right there. You think what? this this episode ended with him having an <laughs> orgasm? Yeah, because he went, oh. Yeah, and then his mouth widened because yeah, it then was he burning. Screamed. Ah. No, he didn't. Yes, he did. He does. This is also when you discover that Mr. Ernst has the largest mouth on Earth. How <laughs> many micro machines you could fit in there? <laughs> but not only did he burn his feet, now some poor, because he uses the whole bottle, now some poor horse has to deal with rot. <laughs> <laughs> That's the saddest part of the whole episode. <laughs> Poor Rock. Oh, really not? You talking foot. about how the dog's dead like 50 times? <laughs> Fictitious hor- rot, uh, horse rot is way worse. We're sorry, Rocket. We didn't want to take you to the glue factory, <laughs> but you're rotten from the legs up. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that Say was hello a- to Elmer for me. <laughs> That was the end of the episode, other than the fact that it closes with um like an instrumental version of the song and the credits rolling over like still shots That's of the so episode. So fucking catchy. It's so yeah. catchy that song. It's ridiculous. It's in my head right now. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's gonna be, be in there for a while. while. I know um I know the oh, times are different and like you know, we talk about when you talk about different eras, you have to kind of give a pass for quality of the way things look. But they were using still frames from the episode to roll over the credits, and some of them were straight up like fuzzy mid movement shots it's like why do you use that one like, that's something nickelodeon did a lot a lot of their shows they ended with the stills from the thing yeah that's fine but use a still where they're not mid motion when the use one the, that's still the, where the arm is fuzzy yeah find one where yeah. no one was really As moving somebody much. who has spent countless hours editing i imagine it ended like some of my editing sessions with uh fuck it who cares yeah. <laughs> so that was you uh, putting your feet in a rot bucket and screaming <laughs> yeah and that was the conclusion of the episode. Um, not much else that I have to say personally about Hey Dude, other than looking hey back Jay. at it now. You didn't get me again. It's a pause because I can't talk over it. <laughs> oh, my God. So to go back, the thing about Hey Dude that kind of got me was the fact that it was 65 episodes in five seasons, because I didn't realize that the show ran that long. That threw me off, too, but also the five seasons were only between three years. Yeah, that's what threw me mm. off. So it's I one would of those... assume maybe season one is like four episodes. Yeah, yeah that happens. Like a pilot season. But you look back at a lot of these shows from our youth, and, and you remember them being like this kind of length, and then you realize such and such show went 14 episodes, and you went, that's it? Really? And this is the total opposite where I thought, hey, dude, would, was probably like a couple seasons. Because I think like Salute Your Shorts only had like a couple, like a few seasons out of them, right? Yeah. Well, my brother and me, we've talked about before doing on the show, which will be a I waste because daddy. we can't do the best episode of that show. But we looked it up once and it was like ran for one summer in like seven episodes. It was like, oh, how that doesn't sound right. But when you're a kid, you just don't track that sort of stuff. That's because 99% of Nickelodeon was stuff in syndication. Their own stuff in syndication yeah. over and over and over again. Yeah. But to, but to think this show ran as long as it did kind of surprised me that they got 65 episodes out of it. That's a yeah. fairly decent run for any show. It's not like monumental, but yeah. not bad. And I Is remember that like a Nickelodeon thing. 
like that they would film that much of a chunk together. Like, because I wonder if they're on Nickelodeon's not really on kind of the traditional uh, network television sitcom schedule that like we're used to. They definitely like a film differently because um, I know not to get ahead. I know Ted leaves for a while, and I think that was a contract dispute. And then they bring in Kyle and Jake yeah. or Jed, look, whatever his name was. Everybody was and, in sixty-five episodes except for Ted, who was in fifty-five episodes. And he does come back. Yeah, he comes back to the new characters, and he's like, "Oh man." I'm trying to think of the last time I had seen this, and we mentioned before that I bought the DVDs, so now I have access to watching more of it, but. The last time I would have seen it, it was out of syndication, right? Because these shows were on when we were kids a lot, and then they were just not on, right? Like, it's like they banished this yeah. and Salute Your Shorts and those shows. You just couldn't see them. But then in the summer, sometimes they would do, they would, like, spin a wheel, and it would be, like, classic Nickelodeon, and then they'd play, like, you know, randomly in the middle of the day an episode of this or an episode of um, Are You Afraid of the Dark? Well, that's it, the good thing about Paramount Plus is it has all those shows I feel like I just need to cave and get it. I'm I'm about to. I canceled Netflix and I canceled Disney Plus. So yeah, I, I just can get uh, a new one. I'm sick of paying for every all these different streaming services at this point. But I just want to watch all the old Nickelodeon stuff now and Bar Rescue. All the Bar Rescue we can watch, Joe. <laughs> I've missed like three seasons of Bar Rescue and I hate it. Yeah, so I guess uh, now I guess there's nothing left to do than go to the Green Light or cancel. So I'm gonna go in the order I see you guys in. Gordo, starting with you. Uh, this is a very hard cancel for me. I didn't like this show when it was on. And looking back at it, I, I was excited to watch it because I was like, maybe I'm re- misremembering it. No, I still don't like it. Uh, everybody was just too wooden. Like, the, the acting was just wooden. It didn't grab me. I'm trying to think of looking at it from like a uh, younger perspective i didn't like it back then i don't like it now so cancel for me ferg as a kid see he's i remember watching this and thinking these were like the coolest kids in the world so i gotta put myself back into you know that frame of mind right the mind of a child you know what they were some pretty cool kids so you know i know danny does get better and this is based a hundred percent on nostalgia green light boom Joe. We mentioned earlier different ways to think about this show, and I said, what if I was to show this to somebody who was this age? On nostalgia, I would greenlight this. I did enjoy it, and I did want to relive watching it, but when I thought of a little kid, too, I would still greenlight it. Because I think one of the most important things about this show and why it would still work for kids now, look, there's going to be hits and misses with this stuff because it's 30 years ago. But by placing it somewhere like a dude ranch, where half of the time, especially after this episode, you're going to have people in Western wear, you're not going to see any cars, you're not going to see any city, and you're not going to get a lot of references to things that are happening in real time. So it almost makes it timeless in a way, where it's a bunch of teenagers dressed like cowboys doing cowboy stuff on a ranch, and there's nobody walking around being like, 1992 stuff or whatever, right? So I think that this, more than a show like Welcome Freshman, more than Salute Your Shorts, can exist and you could show it to a kid and they might enjoy it more than something like that because it does live in its own weird world that doesn't have a time frame attached to it. So I'm going to green light it. I actually really did enjoy rewatching this. I thought it was going to hurt to relive this and then I was going to be sad that I hated it. You Are know? you going to continue the box set? I am going to continue the DVD set, yeah. 
So green light for me. Nick, this is a really hard one. I've been like thinking about it since I watched it. Uh, I didn't formulate an answer, green light or cancel until like bef- right before we started recording. Cause I, I like, I could not think of how I wanted to go with it. I didn't like it. I really didn't. And then like we've, like a few of you have talked about, um, you, you really do have to put yourself in the position of who this made, who this show was made for. And I think when you do, it does work. Show was not obviously meant for us, but from a younger perspective, I do think it works. If you put this up against the other Nickelodeon shows of its time, I think it's at the bottom of the list, but it, there is just enough there, I think, for me to give it the green light. It's, it's strange because I'm not reeling to go watch another episode of it. I did feel the nostalgia. A lot of the characters kind of, um, you know, sparked the nostalgia in me. I forgot about them and it was nice to see. So yeah, it, it, is it the best show on Nickelodeon or that we've, no, it's not even close, but it is in the green light for me because I think there's enough there, you know, to keep it going, to keep it interesting, uh, especially for a kid. So. Green light for me. Yeah, so for me, I'm I'm going with the majority of you, and I'm going to give it a green light as well. So watching it, just me, Jay watching it, for nostalgia, I enjoyed watching it. I thought it was light and easy to watch. But we talked before we even recorded about what's the right way to judge these shows. And like you guys were touching on, let's look through the eyes of a kid. And then on top of it, let's look through the eyes of a kid 30 years ago. So I think for those reasons, we all liked it. It's not cringy. You know, there's like little points. The fucking dry humping was a little weird. (laughs) But other than that, like it's all lighthearted. It's easy comedy, simple jokes. I think there's a lot to be said about what Joe was talking about earlier, that there is a way that I could easily see them making a a brand new Hey Dude because you could kind of film it the same way and it works and the, the timelessness of how it's shot. You could just update the show really easy. You could make a new version of the show without doing a lot of things different. So I think for all those reasons, it just makes sense to greenlight it. Um, and it's not just, just on nostalgia. I think it's just to show that you could show a kid now. And other than the fact that it's a little older, a little grainier, I think you could hold a kid's interest even in a more fast paced, wild TikTok y world where everything's very two seconds long. Maybe something a little slower and about the West might be a little tougher to grab them at first, but I think the comedy was there. So with that being said, Gordo's all on his own on this one. Yeah, take that cowboy hat off, you city slicker. Yeah. You dude. So uh, four out of five, give it the green light. So congratulations to Dude, Ran- dude Rants, to <laughs> Hey Dude. Uh, hey, you You continue on to episode two with us at S1E1. But that's it. That's all the time we have for this week. I want to remind you guys once again, go to S1E1pod.com. That's where you can find all the links to give us a listen. That's where you can go to watch us on Twitter and Instagram and everywhere that we post anything. Follow us, subscribe, rate, review, all of that stuff. I say it every week, but I can't stress it enough. Please do all those things because it legitimately helps us out. So we are putting in this work for you. Please give us the return on the investment here. Just give us a follow. We're not asking for much. Twitter's free. Instagram's free. We, uh, we see the downloads going up, so we would like to see our socials go up a little bit more, too, just because that's a lot easier for us to interact with you guys with. But um, that being said, we appreciate all of you who listen every week. Tune in again next week where we'll have another new episode for you. But that's all the time we have for this week. So thank you, guys. 
goodbye. I think we got the best fat like Santa. Fat like the Santa. best killer cacti. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. In the books, cooked it. <laughs>